Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery podcast are proud to bring you Answering the Call, the first responder podcast. Join your hosts, Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed, as they address the real issues in health and wellness for first responders. From physical and mental health to relationships and work-life balance, we leave no stone unturned. Answering the Call, the first responder podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, as well as iHeartRadio. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery answering the call. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Answering the Call, the first responders podcast. I am the podfather, Mike Miles. And I'm Jersey Ed from the garage of the isolation chamber. Again, another oh. week. Well, <laughs> lockdown. I'm here with the producer extraordinaire in Beverly, Mass. And who's over there? Who is our producer Sweets. today? Sweets. Sweets, the producer. Sweets are looking good today. He has on oh, a yeah. jogging suit. Yeah. And, it's a little uh, chilly out there, a yeah. little windy. And so. high heels. Yeah. <laughs> functional. The functional outfit. He said it's good for the calves. That's I right. I don't know what he means by that. I have small calves, man. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I miss you guys, man. This is getting tough sitting here doing this by myself. And, uh, you know. Um, well, I, I got to be honest. I kind of like having the studio to myself. Well, you got this all that nice. elbow room. <laughs> you got places to put stuff on the table. Right. Look at that. Hey, real quick, I just want to tell you who our, our guest is. We're going to bring him on in a minute. Um, Reverend um, Bill Hamilton. Um, he, he does a lot of different things, but I know him through the uh, state police. He's the chaplain for the state police. He, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a fantastic guy. We'll bring him in in a, in a couple minutes, but, uh, but I just want to kind of give everybody who, everybody who our guest is going to be. Stay tuned, guys. You're gonna, this is a good show you're going to listen to today. So. Yeah, look, looking forward to talking to the father. We've got to talk about you, Ed, because I think you definitely need some, uh, I think some he, guidance. I think he prays for me. At the, anyways, he met me a time or a few, few times, and, uh, and I think he prays for me. He, he knows. He, I'm from Jersey, so he says his prayers for me. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, but Podfather, so how you doing? Uh, it, it's it's again, it's your birthday. I know we've it's a couple shows, but yep. we record everything the same day. It's your birthday. Happy birthday! I don't want to beat it dead. Thank order. you. Thank you. See you. you can beat it as much as you want. I hope somebody could send some gifts because uh, you know <laughs> when you get old, you know birthdays really don't mean as much as you they used to when you're younger. But if anybody wants to call in, talk to us. Should I give them the number, Ed? Yeah, yeah. If you have the number, give it. I do. It's a six one seven three seven nine one one six three. So one one six three. My badge number for thirty five years was one six three, and um, I have that on my police hat. I have it put away in a plastic bag for that day when you know the family's looking to get all my stuff together and bring it over to the funeral <laughs> parlor. It's all together. I got collages made up. It's going to be a going to be a. I, that funeral is going to be so good. I, I hope I can be there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you'll be there. So. Six one, 617-379-1163. I just wanted to put it out there again. Yeah, just, just and you can email us at friend, help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com and, um, you know, get, get, get all the information out. You know, it's funny. We're talking about all this information now. And, and, you know, I know the police and the fire and everybody, they, they have all this information. They have to pass along back and forth. But this is the age of information, man. Zoom, I'm here in my garage in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, doing this, and you guys are there. And if we never had any of this information or any of this uh, technology, you know, we would be stuck. I'm going to AA meetings at night and during the day. Genesis House is hosting um, 
two AA meetings a day. It's been it's been amazing, like this this podcast stuff. And uh, but you guys, you you as a first responder, Podfather, you guys have been communicating like this a, for a long time. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, we had a guest on earlier, and um, he, he was a firefighter. Um, he he was the EAP, also still the EAP for the uh, Providence. Was it Providence, Rhode Island, Eddie? And uh, what a what a great job. Jeez, uh, it was it was a. Uh, it was a, a trip down memory lane, but it, it's always good listening to somebody that speaks the same language. You know, that guy's been um, saving lives. Bill's been saving lives 30, 37 years. Amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, Great yeah. personality, too. Very upbeat, very uh, humorous. Uh, you yeah. just love being around people like that. Those are the type of people I work with over the years. You know, you work with a guy, uh, two different guys during two different shifts. You'd work four days on, two days off. So two days you're with one one partner and then the next two days you're another partner but um you know you're closer to them than you are with your family you spend more time with them than you do your family so you get to know each other it's your work family it's your work family yeah. and, and and uh you know you go through some some uh tough times some funny times you know uh, you see a lot of things um as a police officer and a firefighter and ems um you know you see a lot of things that uh can be amusing that can be very stressful and sad as well well that's why that that brothership that fellowship or sisterhood whatever it might be is you know so strong because you really do you really spend more time more intimate time one-on-one time talking time and action time than a lot of times you do with your family true so true and i'll get messages i've been retired five years now i can't believe it's gone by that fast but i'll you know hit one of the guys up for a question or maybe even a favor now you know and um you know we go down memory lane it's just a few texts but you're right eddie about the uh this equipment we have that we can do all this and um, this epidemic came out of nowhere and, and um, we're muddling through it. And like you said, you can do a meetings um, online. I mean, on these, on zoom, on uh, doxy me, all these different sites. Um, yeah. It's, it's fast therapy. Yeah. Well, what, what was your uh, main form of communication podfather back in, uh, back in the day? I mean, you know, I'm sure it's different now, but, did you see computers? Did you obviously you had a radio, but um, well, but, you, you would think you know in the beginning we had one radio it was in the cruiser, and then they'd give you a uh, you sign out a, a portable radio, which was about um, it, it was big. It was about fourteen inches long, and it was heavy and cumbersome. Um, as time went on, everybody got their own radio. Um, but in the eighties, early eighties, I started in nineteen eighty, January nineteen eighty. Um, you know the equipment was a lot different. Uh, there was no cell phones. There were call boxes. We used to have to pull up to a, a pole. There was a box. You open the box. There was a, a phone receiver. Went right to the dispatch radio room. Um, and you would check in and say, I just checked this area. It's car one. And they'd put you down on a sheet of paper. Of course, it's all different now, you know. So you didn't have a radio when you went out in the field? No. You had one radio between two guys. So if you jumped out of a cruiser and set up, you know, set out after somebody that you saw committing a crime, if you didn't have the radio on you, you were basically on your own. Oh my you know? God. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was, it's kind of scary. Um, it's, it's changed a lot. It's, and I think back to the cops prior to me, the generation prior to me, they didn't have any radio. Mm-hmm. And if they arrested someone, they used to walk them to the police station. Now, can you imagine? It's wow. hard enough to handcuff a 110 pound person, you know, um, even if you're a big, strong guy, it's really hard to do that. But these old beat cops from uh, the 50s and 60s, when I came on, they were rugged, rugged men and uh, no women. But, you know, the, now we have women on the department. And, it, you know, it's, the technology has really enhanced this job and given people the ability to do this job. Um, 
and, and society benefits from it tenfold, I believe, my opinion. Crazy. That's crazy. Technology is great stuff. Good Sometimes. Stuff. Nobody Sometimes. knows better than you, Sweet. I've been up here in the studio with Sweet. He's got all these new toys coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know whether he owns part of FedEx or UPS, but there's a truck out here every 15 minutes dropping stuff off. It's hey, unbelievable. I got to stay up to date for you guys, man. <laughs> top, top-notch equipment. Could you imagine? Could you imagine going through what we're going through right now and not having access to the people that the way we do? Like, I mean, there was a, uh, uh, I believe there was a flu epidemic in like the early 1900s that you know forced everyone to be shut down as well, quarantined right. and locked down and. They clearly did not have Zoom no. and phones and text messages like we do. So, I mean, the, the ability to communicate with people and interact was almost minimal. Sure. And it was, like, that's true isolation. Absolutely. You know, we're blessed it, it, to have this. It was all written. It was all newspapers back then, you know? Yeah. It'd be oh, so, yeah. Every city had three or four newspapers in it, you know? Yeah, real quick, I want to talk about something um, before we bring in Father Bill. Um, is faith. I think everybody's faith is is a little different uh, today than it is um, uh, maybe even a month ago. Um, I think there's a, a little more uh, people kind of uh, turning to their higher power, like you and I know, and, and sweets. We are we we all know the the higher power thing because of the program. But um, I mean, and and being a police officer, I'm I'm sure a lot of the police officers has has a higher power because of the situations that that they're in. But do you see? Do you think that's going on a little bit more? A lot more faith coming out and and uh, and and all that as far as kind of believing and and kind of understanding where this is going. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think so. And um, you know, um, I, I got Saint Michael here. You know, and um, when I graduated from the police academy, my mother gave me a Saint Michael medal and a Saint Christopher medal. And Saint Christopher was always big in my family, and and still continues to be. Uh, all my kids and grandchildren. They all have cars. When they get them, I get them a St. Christopher medal. I get it blessed. And, you know, if you're non-denominational or agnostic out there, um, it's it just it, it, St. Christopher was a, a patron saint of travel and, and such. But I just feel like um, I have a client now, Eddie. I just want to tell you a quick story. Funny you brought that up. And he, he was telling me the other day, he thinks, the, and he was dead serious, he thinks the world is coming to an end. And I said, well, you would think that if you keep watching CNN, you're going to believe that. You're going to probably, you know, you're going to probably start giving away all your worldly uh, belongings. But, you know, um, I think, you know, people that can feel that. And, and if, if you, if, you know, if you do feel that way, I guess it, there's a good reason to, because no one's ever lived through this before in this generation. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring father Bill in to, to kind of, uh, you know, more situation. <laughs> He'll definitely know more. Um, I want to, I want to introduce uh, Reverend William uh, J. Hamilton. He was born November 29th. Uh, should I leave the date out? Are you okay with the date going <laughs> in? Weird, but Bill. matter. <laughs> in Worcester, uh, Massachusetts. Nice. Uh, he attended um, uh, Holy Name High School. Um, I guess he graduated in 1970. His college was Loyola University in New Orleans. Wow, a little party town you went to there. Um, <laughs> uh, seminary College was a murder girl of um, Louvainian, Belgium, uh, 76 to 80. He was ordained May 24th, 1980 at St. Michael's uh, Cathedral in Springfield um, by the most Reverend Joseph F. McGuire, I believe that is. Uh, He's a chaplain. He's a pastor. Um, What else do we have here? Um, He works. He is some of his accomplishments. Um, He's with the state police. 
um, as a chaplain since 1996, ATF chaplain overseeing all of New England since April of 2009. He's a member of the Knights Columbus third and fourth degree um, since 86. Esquire, Esquire, Esquire Order of Holy, what? Spirit, what is that? Equestrian. Equestrian Order of Holy, Holy Sepulchre, knighted by, by, knighted by his Holy Father, John Paul II. Wow. I'm a noble sir. I got pages of you, know, but also I do want to, um, you assisted in both the New Towns. I look good on paper, believe me. The New to Connecticut and the um, Boston bombings with the ATF. So welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Pleasure. Just great. I couldn't help but think of the, um, when you're talking about technology, uh, I was also a chaplain uh, reserve in the uh, Air Force. And through seminary, when I was in Belgium, I was a, uh, what they call the chaplain candidate. And I got up to, I got to go up back in, I think it was 1978 or around there, 77 or 78, into one of the planes that the president would at that time go up in if there was a crisis. Wow. And they gave me a tour of the plane. And uh, the next thing I knew, I was sitting behind the desk with the presidential seal. And there happened to be a telephone there. And of course, this is 76. And I looked, I said, what's that for? <laughs> you know, we can call anywhere in the world. You want to make a phone call? <laughs> so I said, sure. So I called my parents in Sutton, Massachusetts, somewhere flying over England. <laughs> and it was as clear as what we're doing right now back amazing, then. Amazing. Wow. It's hysterical. Yeah. How things have changed, you know, yeah, and absolutely. how we communicate. And yeah. as chaplains, we didn't have a lot to communicate with. Uh, Departments were very reluctant to give us radios, and we were lucky if we had a pager, and uh, we were on our own if we got called out. Things have changed. Uh, you know, we do have uh, radios, and uh, I'm in constant contact with my departments now, uh, but they still insist that I keep the pager. It hasn't rung in a long time. <laughs> Cell phones have taken over everything. Flintstones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does anybody even know how to use a pager nowadays? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. That's a good question. No. Last time I had a pager, I think I was uh, dialing my drug dealer when I was recovery <laughs> all those years ago. That's the last time I remember a pager. So yeah, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> You're bringing some old, old, old thoughts up there. So, um, so Father, you know, um, we were just talking about the faith thing, and and I, I you know. Um, you know, I, I know I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic. I, I'm actually named after a priest, believe it or not, um, over in several New Jersey, um, Monsignor Edward um, Dalton. I was, I, he was a family friend of ours. And I was named after him. Um, unfortunately, I took a, another path <laughs> of destruction. And uh, but I came back, thank God. So <laughs> um, well, the, bishop, the bishop has always looked at me and shaken his head. And when it comes to my chaplains, his, one, of the fruit, one of the lines he has is, He's not exactly sure who's having the greater effect on who. <laughs> That's fine. With all this stuff going on, and I know you've been housebound for a while before all this because of an injury, but um, do you see or do you, or, or what's your thoughts of, of everything as far as faith goes? Because I'll be honest with you, um, I do love the Catholic Church. Um, I, 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 I get on my knees and pray, and me and the Podfather talk about it every day, you know, all the time we're here. But I'm thinking about maybe getting involved in, in some church, you know, a church now because of all this. I mean, maybe not the Catholic church, but something, something different. I want to adventure. Oh, I, 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 
encourage you to stay within the Catholic Church. Needless <laughs> to say, we got a lot to do. But I do, you know, I, I'm still a salesman, you know. <laughs> I'm not in management. I'm in sales. <laughs> but the, the reality is, uh, yeah, there's a great uptick in faith right now. And, what, and it's coming from the loss of what people normally do. Uh, the routine has been broken. Uh, people can't go to church. Uh, they can't do the things that they usually do. People are working in soup kitchens, uh, helping out other people. And we've been told to stay home. And the, the difficulty is that people want to do things. Uh, people do want to help. And, and sadly, we even got, I said, I dealt with an issue this morning where we've got guys that, you know, they're still encouraging people to come out into their parking lots and to see things that, they, that they're doing at their church. And really, it's stay home. That's the safest place you can be. Uh, we, we don't need to be encouraging people to go out uh, while uh, others are telling us to stay. The reality of that is, is that God's grace and God's presence is just as powerful now as before. It's just different. And when we, when we think about it, when we do a spiritual communion after watching Mass, having not been able to receive the host, the power of that grace that we receive from that is as strong spiritually at this moment as it is when we are physically present there. God provides. God doesn't need us to do God's work, but God chooses to use us to be as a physical presence and reminder that God is working in our lives. And so it's up for us to realize that God is acting. God's grace is sufficient. And here we are on, on Good Friday, yeah, uh, on this Friday. particular podcast, mm -hmm. uh, where we have been saved by the blood of the cross, mm -hmm. and that Jesus has risen from the dead. And that all we have to do is live as if we have been saved. Mm -hmm. We don't have, we, there's nothing we can do to earn it. Yeah. We don't have to beg for it. We don't have to plead for it. That drives me crazy. You know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I said, I believe that I have been saved. Now, what am I going to do because I am? Right. That's a and great I point. That's, that's all of our points, I think. And so even when we're, we're, we're stuck at home, uh, it's keeping some semblance of uh, live streaming, uh, 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 broadcasting masses. I mean, the other day I watched one from my diocese, one from Rome and one from Boston. And wow. I'm, the, the, I'm the director of the Office of Worship for the diocese. And so I love to see what other people are doing. Yeah. You know, uh, so they, it's, it's good to be able to plug into those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, um, the, the, well, the faith is, is the big part. And, and uh, you know, I know you're the chaplain for the, the mass, um, mass the, um, department, yeah. the, mass, the state troopers. And uh, what now to, to a, to a, um, um, a civilian like me, what is exactly a chaplain? Because we, we have other people watching. I know we have first responders on here most of the time, but what does the chaplain exactly do for the police or the state troopers or, or, or the, the order that you're serving? A lot of times, it's a, it's a ministry of presence and it's a, it's a, it's a ministry of, sometimes I call it sanity, bringing a sense of sanity into a chaotic situation. Uh, when we are present, uh, sometimes we don't even have to say anything. Mm -hmm. The fact that we are there, you get the glad you're here, Padre. Mm -hmm. My nickname is now Padre. I'm a Padre to everybody. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, and that's just what, the, the, that's a very endearing term, too. Uh, and that when you show up on a scene, like when it was, either was the uh, Newtown uh, shooting or the Boston bombing, 
Father, real quick. a room in a Father, sense of quick. calm. But it's not me. It's what I represent. I lost you. Real quick. And take, yeah, we lost you there for a second. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Get your audio fixed up. We're going to talk okay. about the, 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 the Boston bombings and the Connecticut uh, disaster. Okay. We'll be right back, guys. Okay. Back to you, Answering Mike. the call. Press Responders Podcast. Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. The first responder recovery program at Genesis House is led by a doctorate-level therapist with direct professional experience as a first responder himself. Treatment modalities focus on psychiatric care, relapse prevention, stress management, and trauma-informed care for PTSD. Learn why their individualized approach makes a difference for first responders. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Hold on. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Answering the call, the First Responders Podcast. I am the podfather, Mike Miles. Yes, you are, and I'm Jersey Ed, stuck in the uh, the garage again, guys. In the cave, and we got sweets on the uh, microphone. I am in the background, doing background yeah. stuff. And we have Father Bill. Yep. Hey, I, I wanted to ask you guys a quick question before I go into the Jersey Ed podcast of Pick of the Week. Sweets, are you in that back hall, like that big, huge back hall? Are you that far away from him? No, you know, I'm, in the, I'm in the balcony. I'm in the balcony looking so down. He He's upstairs. Balcony. Upstairs, yeah, Good. upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> practicing your uh, social distancing so that's right yeah about about 30 feet up uh, about 20 feet back nice uh, yep i'm behind feeding, i'm behind glass i'm actually. feeding him grapes with a slingshot <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice 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 well you know i always practice social distancing with you uh, sweets when i came into the studio so. <laughs> just as a general rule of thumb i mean we, we make sure there's enough feet uh, you know like right. at least six feet between us at least no less than Exactly. So real quick, guys, I want to give you the Jersey Ed podcast pick of the week and give me that drum roll, please. Thank you, Sweets. Um, healing Vibrations. This is a pretty cool one. I, I've been listening to this. It's um, relaxing podcast music hosted by Dr. Harry Henshaw. Dr. Harry Henshaw is a licensed um, psychologist in Miami, Florida, and has been working in the behavioral health field for over 35 years. Dr. Henshaw is a musician trained as a child on the piano. The primary purpose of this therapeutic relax relaxation music is to help an individual experience a very deep state of relaxation and to reduce fear and anxiety. Um, it, it, it's just music and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, podcast. Um, you can find Dr. Henry, uh, Dr. Henshaw's podcast anywhere you get your podcast catches from. And if you have any, um, anywhere you get your podcast from, if you have any questions if you, any, about any of these podcast picks a week, Give me a call, 617-379-1163. Or if you want to you know, leave a message from Father Bill, we'll make sure we get it to him. Um, the Podfather, whoever, um, or email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com. And again, um, thank, we want to thank uh, Genesis House and, of course, Taylor for, for keeping all this going. And especially in this time when we need to be communicating and talking to each other and keeping our spirits up. So Father Bill, you were before you we went to commercial, I had to interrupt you because your uh, connection was a little, a little rough. So you want to, um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the, what you were saying about the, uh, the bombing, I guess, and, and the... Uh, yeah, we were talking about this, especially, well, both areas. I mean, Newtown was probably the most 
of all the her most horrific, uh, devastating and saddest thing that I have ever had to deal with. And ATF called me in uh, hours after it happened and I, I flew down to Newtown from East Hampton here. And um, I remember just walking into the EOC and it's everybody looked up and nobody expected me except the, the, uh, the sack from ATF. And it was a, a general, boy, are we glad you're here. Now, I wasn't even from their area, you know, or from their department. They were just glad, and it wasn't me. It was that there was a priest, a chaplain, who knew what they were going through and was someone who would understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time, my ministry was just that, sitting around, and people would come down and put a hand on my shoulder and say, glad you're here. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out what was the best thing to do because the, the tension was running so high. And uh, I had friends who had two St. Bernard dogs as comfort therapy dogs up from uh, Greenfield, Massachusetts, the Greenfield PD. So I gave them a call and uh, invited them to come down. And they happened to come down the day that uh, Eric Holder showed up, showed up okay. uh, from Washington. And uh, we brought the dogs in and it was, it was like bringing me in. The place went nuts, you know. And these two huge St. Bernards just walked around and everybody... For, for five minutes, everything stopped. Everybody wanted to pet the dog, hug the dog, get a picture with the dog. It was just like this sigh of relief that came over the EOC. So and so we used that. Uh, we brought him down to the first responders, uh, to the local PD, the local fire. And then we started bringing around where families had been gathered. Uh, and the dog, and it was just midst of this horror. Uh, there was a moment of semblance of normalcy. And everybody got to you know pet the dog and have pictures and hug the dogs, and it was really uh, quite an amazing thing. It was the first time we'd ever done that, and now because of that, there is a national comfort therapy dog response team uh, throughout the country, and we can, wherever something happens, we can pull in comfort therapy dogs uh, instantaneously. Now, as we've seen, so many departments have mm -hmm. gone from canine units, uh, which they use uh, on the streets. But we have comfort therapy dogs right. uh, to actually use for both for our staffs, for our, our own people, and uh, for those that we're dealing with. Uh, and that was a great thing. Mass State just got a, um, a dog, didn't they? Recently, I remember Jimmy telling yeah. me. We got two now. Oh, two, okay. We have two, yeah, the Colonel's been great. I mean, under, under Kerry Gilpin previously, and now under Chris Mason. Uh, yeah, the EAU now has two dogs. And, uh, and I, I work a lot with our EAU, obviously, and uh, go out with them quite a bit and uh, try to buffer because uh, I and I can bring them in because we not only the state police EAU not only serve the state police, they serve all the municipalities around us so that any department who needs help in a crisis can call the, the state police EAU and that we have people that that's all they do. And I go in and, you know, like, as you remember, Jimmy Massari, uh, when he was head of the, head of the unit, uh, and now uh, Karen, Sergeant Karen Dunphy has the unit, yeah. and uh, doing great things, you know. And, and it's a tough time now because we're doing everything through telecommunication. Mm -hmm. You know, we're doing FaceTime. You know, we're doing Zooms. We're doing, you know, these podcasts, I think, are phenomenal. Trying to keep, and it's keeping a balance, like any crisis that we respond to, you've got to bring a, some semblance of normalcy into a very abnormal set of circumstances. Yeah. And so, and I think that kind of segues, I, I don't mean to cut you short, but 
into the whole addiction thing uh, because it's trying to keep a semblance of normalcy into something that's traumatic. Uh, and so that's the one thing we can do during this time is yeah. inviting people to keep a normal routine and to reach out to people, do the FaceTime, do the talking, do the podcasts, you know, uh, take some time to just relax. Yeah. As you said earlier, listen to some good music, you know, take a deep breath. When things start getting tense, make that call, yeah. talk to somebody, Absolutely. you know, Podfather had a question. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, no, it was a comment. Um, uh, uh, Father Bill, uh, I was a, I'm a retired police officer from Lowell, Massachusetts, uh, 35 By years. By the way, happy birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> they're, they're more important now than before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah you're, still got, you're still having them. Far and few between. But, um, you know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times um, as a young cop, uh, even as a middle-aged cop, going out on, you know, uh, calls to, to let family members know their son had died in a a car accident. Right. Uh, I had a, five very close friends die in a plane crash. They were all five Lowell police officers and oh. they uh, were hunting and, they, and their plane uh, went down and they all succumbed. But I had to go tell my best friend's wife, um, you know, her husband wasn't coming home. And Father Robichard was our, was our chaplain in Lowell. Um, and he, he was always on call. And what I loved about Father Robichard was um, he, he was also the fire department's chaplain. So he had a red light and a blue light and he had a little Chevy uh, blazer and, and he'd be cutting through town, running red lights up on the sidewalk. I mean, he drove like a mad, like a madman. He thought that light gave him permission to go anywhere. Of course, no one ever bothered him either, you know, but um, sure. what, what a comfort to a police officer who we do not know these people. This could be our family. It's, it's a very incumbent job to go and knock on the door of a total stranger at one o'clock in the morning to inform them that their child had been killed in an accident. And there's no manual for that. I mean, maybe nowadays there is, but back then there wasn't. But always, always the first question out of any cop's mouth was always, you know, is, is the chaplain busy? Can you call the chaplain? Can you have the chaplain meet me? And um, it was always just such a comfort. And um, to me, it, it was, it, I don't think people realized in, in other professions, you know, how lucky the police and fire were to have somebody that would, and then with our own tragedies, would be there for us around the clock. I mean, this guy just was never, ever left our sides, always there. Could We couldn't give him enough praise when he left. He actually moved up to Maine, and he died a, a very uh, tragic death, actually, after he left. But what, what a great guy, and we, and we just loved him. And he was also very involved in a badge meeting that we put together for cops that had alcohol and drug problems from all over, all different cities and towns, you know. Well, that's, just, that's one of the most important things. Um, and it's hard sometimes to get people, uh, even with state, I've always said, never do a notification without a chaplain. But I know it's being done. Right. Well, and yet, when the chaplain is there, when it's over, did you lose me? No, Gad, you're, you're good. Okay. When the chaplain is there, I spend more time with the individual making the notification afterwards right. than sometimes we spend with the family making the notification. That was my point, 100% my point. You know, and, and that, that's, and yet when I'm there with the notification, I can be corralling family members from outside that particular family to come for support. You know, I'm making the, who, who's your clergy person? Who's your, who, who can we call to come to be with you so that you're not alone? I actually have a case where I was going out to dinner one night and was standing outside a restaurant and all of a sudden this cruiser comes flying down the street, lights and sirens, 
and it stops in front of the uh, restaurant. And this young cop jumped out and we're all looking at each other and he starts running. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm in his arms. <laughs> and he says, Father Bill, I became a cop because of you. And I said, not a priest? And we all laughed. He said, no, I became a cop. And he said, you, when I was a kid, you had to come to our house to tell our family that my brother had been killed in an accident. And you and the, and the sergeant that came to us impressed me so much. I wanted to become a cop. That's great I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, wow. that's for sure. Those are the kind of kudos that I live for. Yeah. You know, that you've made a difference in someone's life and someone is carrying on what you have done. That's amazing. You know, just by mere presence. Absolutely. Yep. That's a great uh, story. <laughs> we, we're going to run out of time here, but okay. we, thank you very much for everything. We can do it again. We would. Yes, we, please. We're going to bring you a cigar next time, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. All right. Sounds maybe, like a plan. Maybe when you're feeling better, you can come up to the studio and join us in the studio when all this. I would love to. Good. I would love to. Exactly. Yeah, great. Thank you, Father. Father. Right. God thank bless you, Father Bill. Uh, happy Easter. Happy, happy Easter. Easter to you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Easter. So. So he has risen. Yes. Godfather. <laughs> uh, so, uh, wow. Did did that bring back you did, yeah, you did it again, Eddie. You bring on the best guest. I, I got to tell you this. You know what? That's my birthday present right there. This, this to me, my, I love my kids, my family. Nothing's more important. But I got to tell you this, that listening to Father Bill and, and what he's talking about, because I'll tell you, there's no script, there's no, there's no manual to, to, go wake up a poor Portuguese woman at one o'clock in the morning and tell her her only son, her husband's not around, he's dead, her only son, who she's got pictures all through the house of the Pope and her son, and that was it. And, and Father Robichaud, I'll tell you, when he showed up, uh, I, I knew I could, I could do this, you know, and we got through it, but man, I'll tell you, what, what a great guest. You do it every time, buddy, you, you're surprising us. <laughs> But Father Bill, I mean, I've communicated, I've been in touch with him. Um, him and I worked on a couple cases with the, with the EAU. Uh, EAU stands for Employee Assistance Unit for their families wandering EAP, EAU. They just call their unit EA, EAU. Um, and, and when I met him, I was like, I like this guy. And, and this whole week that he's, he's been calling me and my wife trying to get everything set up. And, and I enjoy talking to him. And, and uh, he, he's a breath of fresh air. Um, he's... He actually kept me from from not saying any potty words today. <laughs> I, I texted. Was, I want to tell sweets before we started. I texted Eddie. I said no f bombs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes. Smart yes. move. So, Smart move. I, I was I was very I was very uh, watching what I was saying, but well, uh, he's working with cops. I'm sure he hears a lot of them. I'm so. Sure he does. <laughs> so so Podfather, real quick, um, I, I know we have a little bit left here for time. What? Give me a uh, give me a a, a a story. You're like you know, I know you gave us a story about the chaplain, but right, what right. does a chaplain mean to you? Number one, no, and so give much. me a story about why you know why 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 a chaplain? I would have never thought. Until I got involved with with you know the EAU up in Massachusetts and you, yep. I never thought they had a, a chaplain. Oh involved. yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, I came on in 1980, and um, the chaplain we had then was from St. Patrick's Church. Um, his father Carnell. Um, he, I don't want to say I hate to talk <laughs> talk ill of him, but he was more involved with the upper echelon, the lieutenants and captains, and, and the chief. Um, he didn't do much. He didn't do much for the patrolmen. But when Father Robichaud came, he was a cops, um, he was a cops priest, you know what I mean? He, he, you could talk, talk to him about anything. And um, 
he'd be insulted if you didn't ask him to come with you or if someone hadn't called him, he'd find out about it and because he'd read all the reports and everything and he'd be insulted. And he just made it so much easier. And when I went through my own personal problem back in the 80s and I went away and I got the help I needed and I got out and I was looking for meetings, I was going to meetings. He approached me and said, Mike, um, Notre Dame's de Lourdes, Notre Dame de Lourdes has a building that's empty. Um, it's just not being used. He had, he had an office in it. He said, we have a big room, a gathering room, if you'd like to use it for AA meetings for, you know, your brethren. So I did. I took it. And we had that probably two years we had meetings there. And wow. he opened it up. Every Wednesday, he'd show up, open the doors, let us in, put coffee on. I mean, I can't tell you. And you know what I, I said earlier? He, had, he died. A, he took his own life. Mm. And, and because of these, uh, some, something that happened, a personal thing. But I thought to myself then, because, you know, cops commit suicide at a very high rate, probably number two in, the, in any profession. Correctional officers are number one. But cops used to be number one. But anyway, irregardless, um, you know, it made me wonder all the – it made him more of a cop to me. Do you understand? It, he, was, he was like a, a figure. You know how it is when you're a kid, the priest is God. I mean, that's – if the priest says hi to you, I pat you on the head, you're in. You know, <laughs> your mother – if you grow up a Catholic and the priest says hi, he knows your name. I mean, it's, my mother. You gotta look at you. Look, you gotta you gotta watch out. Me <laughs> by the hair all the time, but anyways. Uh, no, but and, and you know the work I do with the archdiocese, the victims I see from the, uh, the you know, the abuse. I've met some unbelievable priests. Father Kickham down at the archdiocese, uh, wonderful guy. Um, I, you know, I've actually met Sean O'Malley. Uh, I have a picture with him, and uh, I put it in the police station. <laughs> I put the picture of me and Sean O'Malley. So he, he's, he's the bishop, and I put it in the, I mean, the cardinal, in the, in the police station, and somebody took it and made a copy of it, and they put it in, and they had two bubble messages above us, and I'm saying to the, <laughs> to Sean O'Malley, what do you mean I'm not going to heaven? And he's saying to me, what are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, so it, no, to to us, uh, having having somebody that we could go to and we could bring to any any horrific scene. And he never missed one, I'll tell you. Uh, whether it was 24 hours, any shift, it was awesome. Great guest, That's Eddie. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Podfather, we're coming up to the end of the show here, and thank you very much. Uh, I would, you know, like Father uh, Bill said, happy Easter to everybody out there. I know this show mm. might air after Easter, but I hope everybody enjoyed their Easter. And Podfather, uh, you know, your birthday is, is today and yeah. again, <laughs> later. Yes. But, um, you know, uh, Mike, you bring a lot of good stuff to this show. And um, it's excellent that to hear that you're, um, you know, that, 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 that this is a big part of your life, or it was a big part of your life, the chaplain, the, your faith, and gets you through what stuff that us, us people, us citizens, us, us civilians don't even think twice about. You know what I mean? Right. So thank you, Podfather. Yeah, well, thank you, Eddie. And again, for the guests you bring on, it's just amazing. You, you outdo yourself every time. Father Bill, uh, like I said, today's, this podcast here, this is my birthday present. I'm so glad I drove the uh, 45 miles to get here. <laughs> Trying to make you feel guilty. That's it. Hey, <laughs> answer, answering the call, the uh, First Responders Podcast. Stay safe, everybody. That concludes this episode of Answering the Call, the First Responder Podcast. Thanks to Genesis House for sponsoring the show and supporting first responders who are struggling with addiction and mental health. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com.